I think this is live. We got it. It's finally after like 30 minutes of talking about nonsense. Yeah, as always. So hi, welcome to Talk Comics to Me. We are live on Instagram. Am I on the right one? Yeah, you're on the right Instagram. And then you know we'll post this on YouTube. So yeah, we'll we'll be everywhere. We'll be everywhere, just like everyone wants. So hi, welcome to Talk Comics to Me. I'm Champ, and I am Heather. And it is the 12th of November. Dude. It's August. I'm sorry. Don't I just, do that to me. I really want fall. I'm just so tired of this weird, like, humid, dry, and then, like, wet and nasty yeah, weather. No, I can. Sim- I simply cannot <sighs> afford summer. It is too I, expensive. As David DeMarco says, I cannot abide. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's swampy here in the Midwest, and it sucks. So... We're going to talk about comics and not think about that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go get right on it. <laughs> Let me tell you about this comic that I love so much that I'm so excited because I was under the impression that it was going to go digital. Well, I mean, it did go digital. But you know yeah, what I yeah. mean. It's back, finally. What Hawkeye, Free Fall. This is issue number five. Um, I'm not going to lie. It had been so long since I read like the fourth issue that I had to go back and reread the first four because I just loved it so much. (laughs) Um, But basically, Clint is still trying to take down the hood, um, so he tries to enlist... uh, Enlist. (laughs) You know who I'm trying to talk about. Trying to enlist Fisk to help him. Um, But the dude's like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to help you. You're a weird vigilante. Go do your own shit. Oh, Oh, he's Ronan, by the way, in this. That's why Fisk doesn't want to help him because he's like, I don't know who the fuck you are. Like, get away from yeah. me. Um, but yeah, there's, as always, uh, there's some really good cameos in here. Um, there's a cute little Spider-Man one where he calls him out for lying to him about a special project that Captain America had him do, which he totally did lie about it. He just didn't know what else to say. Um, he gets broken up with and his little buddy who used to work for the hood and now works for him gets Fricked up. Sorry, I just remembered that we curse a lot, and <laughs> I'm trying to watch my mouth. But yeah, this, as always, I just I love this. I can never get enough of it. It's probably my favorite book right now, and I'm so happy that it came back. Watch out! I'm just gonna swap it. <laughs> I tried to warn you. <laughs> I slid it into a pile of my own water. <laughs> That was my bad. We're big big comic book fans here. God. We just love ruining our physical copies of books we've been looking forward to for a long my time. My favorite book! <laughs> oh my god. This is a nightmare. <laughs> Alright, to help Heather out of her nightmare, we'll talk about this scary book. <laughs> this is Something is Killing the Children. This is issue number nine. I still continue to really, really, really love this book. There's, I don't know, the art's really great. So in the last issue, the monsters are just coming back full force. Uh, one of the original, like, little girls that was killed, her brother is trying to help these two kids in the woods get away from the monsters, which he does not do, unfortunately, uh, which is really really bad for him in the end yeah but sounds like yeah, it <laughs> not a good situation so as well as that erica goes and visits james while he's in the hospital james was shot a few issues ago by the brother 
who is out in the woods right now trying to help mm-hmm. these kids. Uh, so he's in the hospital recovering from being shot. She wants to use him as bait so she can try and kill these monsters. So she comes in and she's asking him how he's doing and he's basically talking about how she's a terrible person, how she's done all of these kind of shitty things and how he thought that she was like a hero, you know? And she basically like kind of lays it out for him and she's like, you know, I'm not a hero. Like nothing you thought was going to happen is going to happen. Like when I leave, we're not going to talk after this, all of this stuff. So it's... It's interesting because it definitely delves into that relationship a little bit. And, you know, it's one of those things, too, where he kind of realizes his place within her story was just information. Mm -hmm. And when he felt like he was going to be, like, part of this group and, like, hunting monsters and doing these things. I don't know. It's a super good book. It's always really, like, interesting to me. And I just really love the tone of it. And it's not... Sometimes horror books, you know, can go one way or the other and this has just kept a really steady pace of just like being a very solid book Mm -hmm. because i yeah i do notice that like a lot of horror stories especially like long continuing Mm -hmm. ones it kind of like loses it because in the first few issues that's when like all the big stuff happens and there's no like character development or like anything like that it's just here's the monster we're gonna fuck it up yeah and with this they've definitely like they've delved into like the secret society like secret society monster hunting group that there is they've delved more into like erica's past and who she is and kind of just gave they've given you an idea of like who james is and like like his intentions and how he's feeling and i just i really i really like it it's just really (laughs) well-rounded good job james tinian all right okay so i have yes it is me okay i have way more books this time so i have this book can never figure out how to pronounce it. So druid, dryad, whatever you want to say. Um, this water everywhere. How is my side of the table so dry? I was sitting over here, so my drink was there. I'm an idiot, uh, basically. So this continues the story of the two kids who are trying to figure out what their parents had done before they left this town that they're apparently just not allowed back in so they get forced to go back to this town by a woman that they had used to work with the parents did and then despite like trying to go in secretly they kind of are found out by the weird secret organization that lives there it's it's i'm just kind of like getting a grasp on like what's happening basically it seems like the group that they were a part of before they left the city was like I I would say like a a government place and they discovered that like things weren't going the way that they were supposed to so they broke off went rogue the two parents went one way like leaving completely while the other group of people who went rogue are still like going against everything that the city is doing originally I don't know that's what it seems like to me Um, mainly because they happen to run into Strife. His name is Strife. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and they, they know him, and he seems to be working for the people that they got away from. Um, and he's like, oh, I don't want to go easy on you, all that kind of stuff. It's either you or the kids. You decide who gets to live. So, and it's like a whole thing. And, and the dad's brother has something to do with it, which is why they left. It's okay. a whole thing. And then you run into 
their friend, who they're going to get help from, who just looks real awesome. What a nice guy. <laughs> he just seems like, I don't know, he'd be fun. He said, no, it's great to hear your voice. Just thought, you know, you were dead. It's been 13 years since they've seen each other, but he's like, yeah, come over, come hang out. See you soon. Smuggle bowl. Yeah, he wants to protect them. But I'm just, I'm curious to see how he plays into it because mm-hmm. he's got metal arms. Oh, I didn't even yeah, see those dude. people. It's like a Lando Calrissian situation. Yeah. So yeah, there's some stuff happening. <laughs> um, and I'll figure it out eventually, I'm sure. Um, but it's interesting enough that like I, I still want to keep going with it because it like it does this cool thing where it switches back and forth between like the kids point of view and the mm-hmm. parents point of view so you're only getting like certain pieces okay. from each of them and it is frustrating because the kids don't know anything about what the parents had done before they had them yeah and you don't either because they just won't tell say you say anything <laughs> so yeah i understand why the kids are upset and why they're rebelling i would do the same <laughs> thing if my mom and dad were part of some weird mercenary unit and then just were like let's fuck let's have kids and we're just gonna forget everything I'd also be like, Mom, where did your ear go? <laughs> yeah, that would be a question. There's got to be a story behind it, and I think it has something to do... Anyway, it's all right. <laughs> it's an interesting story. Uh, the art's really cool in it. I really enjoy the art. That's all. Okay, You ready? It. Yeah. Let's More parent stuff. This is Seven Secrets. This is the first issue of a new Tom Taylor book, and... Heather and I got a chance to read the first three issues last month. I believe so. I only read them like a few weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I read them, I think, about a month ago. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think we got it a little bit before that. But, you know, working at a comic book shop is helpful in that way. Yeah, we get to cheat. (laughs) (laughs) And I, like, I cannot say enough good things about this book. I think the story is incredibly intriguing. And the characters are really, really good. And the art is amazing. Yeah, no, the art is really cool. It reminds me a lot of, like, certain mangas and shit. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. But then the story itself also has, like, weird similarities to Saga. Yeah, I can see that. Which, yeah, I thought was pretty interesting. Like, obviously, they're not supposed to be in love. Yeah. They, yeah. So, Seven Secrets is about, um, I guess, a character, the character or the narrator, his name is Casper, and he is finding out the background of his parents and how he works into this secret society that is trying to protect these secrets. The seven secrets. The seven secrets. Sorry, I held up two <laughs> Seven secrets. So this first issue just delves into Sigurd and... Eva. Eva, whatever you want to say. Um jumps right into who they are and how Casper was created. (laughs) How was this kid created? And how them having a kid plays into his, Casper's future and everything that happens. And I don't know. I don't want to say a lot because like a lot happens in this first issue. Um, yeah, no, it's it's very uh, explosive. It's kind of a lot to take in, but it's not overwhelming at all because it mm. does, it flows very good, like, with the whole story. Sorry, I was looking at Sigurd's, like, arm tattoos, and they're very interesting to me because they're runes. Obviously, he's Scandinavian based off of his name, <laughs> but they're runes, and they mean, like, family and protection. 
which I just think is very symbolic. Yeah. And I just noticed that. That's why I got distracted. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of little nods like that within this book itself. But honestly, I out of all of the books out this week, there are a few that like I would definitely check out. And this is like very, very, very high on my list. Oh, I, yeah, it's great. Well, and you just love action stories. I do. Too. I do <laughs> love action stories. And it does start out just like very, very like bam, bam, bam. Mm-hmm. But there's also just like something really wholesome about the story. Like, I don't, I don't know, like, I didn't think I would like this, just based on, like, the solicits and, like, the cover, I was like, eh. Yeah, it seemed pretty weird, um, and I honestly didn't really, when I had read it originally, I was just kind of, uh, alright about it. Mm-hmm. I, I did like the art a lot, which I feel like I remember telling you that right away, like, oh, the art was great. Yeah. But it's different when you're, like, holding it and reading it, and it is so much cooler to experience it this way yeah and i think they do a really good job of helping you fall in love with these characters even though you know this is the first issue and you don't know anything about them and even like casper who you don't even see in this issue short of him being a baby right it's like you you're already like okay i want i'm i'm with you like let's see let's see where we go yeah let's see what happens yeah i want to know i want to know Okay, that's that's it. I, I got excited. I'm sorry. No, I got excited too. <laughs> I just don't know how to show it unless it's... I can't believe I ruined my Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next we're just going to get over that. So this is uh, Big Girls. This is also another first issue. This is a Jason Howard book. Um, I... This shit was great. This yeah, no, so, this I, book was so much fun. I was like laughing the whole time I read it because I just couldn't believe how good it was. Because it, I don't know, it's silly. It's so silly, but it's also just like it has that tone of seriousness yeah. to it at the same time. Oh yeah, for sure. It was a really quick read. The art was great. Uh, yeah, I just, I think for me personally, you know, I love big women. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love big women. So then it's just like, oh, these are giant fucking women. And Even you, better. You know, I love men with big heads. So I mean, <laughs> there's something for both of us in this. I think I described this book to Dave and he was like, oh, so it's kind of like Attack on Titan. And I was just like, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Kind of. Yeah, so if you like Attack on Titan, you'll probably like this. Yeah, except there is that weird mutation in these kids, I guess, where the women grow up to be, like, big and strong and powerful, but the men become destroyers. (laughs) So the women have to protect. It's awesome. It's so great. I love it. And the fact that the entire time, like, the narration is just like, yeah, and we all knew that men were just worthless. (laughs) Yeah, that was so fucking great. So I'm just like, mm-hmm. I yeah, love cis, it. cis men are the worst. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, no, it's really really good. Um, do you know how many issues this is supposed to? Um, be? so in the back, Jason, I don't know if you read Jason Howard's notes. Mm-mm. Uh, you know, it's like any sort of independent book. We hope it goes longer, but he at least has like I think five issues figured out so far. He is writing. He's working on the art on six and issue in writing issue seven so okay well Well, i I can only hope yeah (laughs) i do hope this is one that continues to go on because i love seeing just women killing men i love it makes Uh. me real happy (laughs) especially big monster men yeah well i mean that's just all men (laughs) to be honest 
All right. All right. Speaking of just awful men, here I'm going to talk about um, <laughs> Vlad Dracul. It's like, who are you talking about? This is, uh, this is issue number two, and this just continues the story of Vlad the Impaler. Um, basically, him killing Muhammad's people, um, trying to get rid of the Ottoman Empire, and trying to take back his throne in Wallachia. So it's just about Dracula being a colonizer? It's literally just the story of Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> but it's like told in such a, a, an interesting way, because it has... If you guys don't know the story, um, Vlad and his brother Radu were taken from his family, like his dad and stuff, when he was younger and given to the king of the Ottoman Empire as a sort of peace treaty. Uh, When Muhammad, the Ottoman Empire man, realized that the king of... Did you just say Ottoman Empire man? (laughs) (laughs) Um, When he realized that the king of Wallachia, a.k.a. their dad, was uh, about to turn on him... Um, he used the two boys as weapons, essentially. Radu ends up uh, falling in line with the Ottoman Empire. He believes in what they're doing and is kind of brainwashed into it, whereas uh, Vlad the Impaler is like, no, fuck this. Like, this is not what I want to do. So he takes back his throne, and they have kind of like an agreement worked out for a very long time until Vlad the Impaler starts losing his mind, and he's like, no, they're coming to take my throne. So during this period... Radu and Muhammad are going, you know, towards Vlad the Impaler because they're planning on taking him down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, in, in other stories, you get like different point of views and stuff. Like a lot of historians say that like Radu eventually like turned against Muhammad and sided with Vlad, but that's not true. You know, it just really, but it's interesting to me because it does have Radu in this. And then it also has like a different side of Vlad the Impaler where like, He's friendly with his wife, but he's in love with this other woman. And uh-huh. he is just, it's weird to see him like that because I just see him impaling people. So for him to be like in love with someone, which I know is, is a thing, <laughs> a thing it happens. Yeah. It just seems really weird. So that was a little history lesson. That was, it was great. Um, I love Vlad the Impaler, <laughs> despite all this. Um, and I love this story because it's, I mean, a lot of historical stories you don't know whether like mm-hmm. how much is true and how much isn't but i think this is pretty accurate based off of every book that i've read mm-hmm. so it's it's nice it's fun and i'm <laughs> it's I, nice and fun it's you know it's everything that i want in a story <laughs> all right so then i have devil's highway number two this continues the story of some weird trucker murdering prostitutes the main character, Sharon, believes that the man who's murdering all of these prostitutes is involved with the murder of her father. And I believe he was a trucker, at least involved within the trucking community. So she reaches out to one of his friends and is like, hey, I need I need you to give me information. Like, how... How could this have how, how, Well, like, how do, who do you know and how could... How could you know these things? Like, how could we find out who is doing this? Because I think it is a trucker. Because he, and then he talks about how, you know, truckers are connected in every single way, and you kind of know different, like, there's hierarchies to truckers. There's, like, different, like, they talk to each other about hot chicks they see. Like, you know, there's. Yeah, did you ever watch that episode of King of the Hill? (laughs) Yes. uh, And it's just, you know, there's a lot, a lot of shit, like, the trucking community is like very t- 
tight in that sort of way. Um, My mother, when I was growing up, had a friend who was a trucker. So my mom dated this man named Gene who was a trucker. I got to drive a semi for five miles when I was like six. So that sounds safe. Truckers um, are safe. Yeah. You've seen the movie Joyride. (laughs) (laughs) Candy cane. Uh, So she goes to him. She ends up interviewing a, a sex worker whose friend had disappeared and, basically was asking her if she had any information and I don't it's the first issue I was a little iffy about like especially the f- main character just seemed too aggressive too aggressive and honestly like just kind of like a man was writing a woman and mm-hmm. it still has that like feel to it a little bit but I did enjoy this issue quite a bit more than does the it make issue. more sense now yeah it makes more sense I think it's and I, I'm interested to see what happens. And I think it's just because it's a five-issue series, too. Like, it just had to move itself along a little bit. Right. And I think that helped within this issue to give give me more of an idea of, like, who Sharon is and, like, what her intentions are. Because I guess I, I don't... I don't know. I probably did catch that her dad was murdered in the beginning. But as, um, I, as I was reading this, I was like... Huh, I don't remember this, but I was drinking beers when I read it the first time. I know. I know. Like, I remember them saying, you're, you know, when she walks in, she's like, I need my dad's file. But they don't, I don't feel like they ever said that he was murdered. I, because the way that I understood it when I was reading it was like, he just died. Like, mm-hmm. maybe it was suicide. Like, they don't, from what I can remember, actually say, like, hey, your dad was fucking murdered. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, like I said, it's just like, I'm going to finish it. Yeah, it's, it's only five it's issues. It's five issues, I don't care. That's like, why I like that, that that fucking comic line now. It's just everything is so short. Like, mm-hmm. even if you're not too into the story, but like kind of, it's not like you have a lot to read. I just personally wish they would reach out to like women writers. Yeah. Or like non-binary people or trans people, because it just seems like there's a lot of men writing their entire line, which whatever like but it we, is a brand new thing too yeah. and i mean like it's evolving hopefully they'll get someone else what is bad mother who is that written by i believe that is a woman i would, let me, here let, I, I have yeah. the internet in front of me let me check no that. i yeah because I, I feel like i remember seeing that somewhere and that's maybe that's like they're slow yeah they're they're slow they'll get there they're just so slow sorry everybody i i would like to no because i want to know now too yeah should have just gone to previews. Whoa, Diodato does the art? Oh my god. I thought I felt like you knew that. No. I did not look into that comic at all just based on the name. <laughs> yes, it okay. is written by a lady. Okay, good. Damn. Diodato does the art for that? I might have to read it now, and I don't <laughs> want to because it's called Bad Mother. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, let's go on to a different mother. Okay, so we're going to read about this red mother here. (laughs) Um, You know, Daisy's in London still trying to figure out how to make this puzzle. Her boss is a straight-up asshole. Yeah, and he just likes to bang women. (laughs) Sorry, I just... (laughs) That page. Um, And, like, why is she creeping anyway? Hey. I don't know. If I heard sex noises, I would, and the door was, like, just popped open a little bit, yeah, I would, I would probably, I like how she, like, has to get her good eye, like, all right. <laughs> yeah, and I just, 
I mean, I'm not going to lie. I probably would have done the same thing because she's like living in a castle. Like, it seems like he lives in a castle. Who has doors like that in a normal house? This no is a one. castle. Yeah. And this dude has his own fuck room. And if I was walking down the hall and the door was cracked and I heard those noises too, I would turn my good eye and I would look yeah. to see my my asshole boss banging a babe. And then I would probably go get banged too. So, I mean, Daisy's got it all right in this this issue. I mean, that was a description of this issue. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> that's what, what happens. Yeah. happens. She's just struggling because she can't figure out how to do this puzzle. Like, sh- there's certain locks on it that she just can't seem to mathematically figure out. Um, so she gets frustrated, and she's starting to have the the red come back from her eye, which hasn't been an issue for a few issues now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's starting to see the red again because of her fake eyes. She gets stressed out, and so she goes for a drink and a fuck. <laughs> and she has a new boy, a new boy, a new boy, a new boy, a new boy. He's a he's a cute, tiny little spectacled British man who drinks tea. Yep. So that's that's Red Mother issue mm-hmm. number seven, I believe. This is a limited series. I feel like it's supposed to be like twelve. Okay, um, but it is it is really enjoyable. Yeah, it is. It's also one of those like it doesn't necessarily move really fast. Okay, like yeah, it's, it's it moves surprisingly sure. slow, but I'm it's still interesting enough that like I don't I'm not annoyed by how slow it's yeah. moving. Also, did you notice that one of her friends has that tattoo? Oh yeah. The punk. Yeah. I was like, I hope Heather noticed this one. Yes, no, I did notice that one. I noticed that one right away because that's all I look for now. I'm like, where's your fucking tattoo, man? Where's your subtleties? We need to find them. There's hidden shit everywhere in this book. And I don't know if it's Jeremy Hahn or Danny Lukert. It's probably a combination of yeah. both of them. They, I just love Danny Lukert's art so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, and it's so good in this book. And mm-hmm. the colors are so great. They're just so... Like, we oddly dark mm-hmm. at the same time of just, like, being bright enough to, like... The blending of the red in all of these mm-hmm. scenes is so... I just... I really like this book. Uh, I was going to read it regardless. It was just how I felt about regression, too. Like, Daniel Lukert's on the art. I'm just going to read it. Like, I don't care if I like the yeah. story. But I actually really like this story. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Sorry, my stomach still hurts from that food. <laughs> Heather ate a bunch of sugar. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, I had a huge cinnamon roll, and I shouldn't have eaten it because it was after I ate my food really fast. And right before that, I ate another half of a cinnamon roll. My stomach's all messed up today. I was like, I just need sweets. Okay. okay. <laughs> so we have uh, alienated. This is issue number five. This issue is called Contempt. I spent most of this issue very, very upset. Yeah. Um... Samuel, the online Sam. Yeah, the the weird masked capet thing. I don't know what it meant. I, I basically after this issue was just like, you are like an incel comics gate piece of shit. Yeah, no, he is just <laughs> he's a privileged white man. Except he's not a man yet. He's just a boy, and I refuse to call him a man because he's a fucking baby. Um, which sucks because when. I don't know, when I first started reading this, like, there's the three Sams, and I like them all for different reasons, and mm-hmm. now I only like the other two. I love Samir the most, and I hate this kid. Yeah. I absolutely hate him. Like, 
He was those kids that I went to school with that I just wanted to like shove down the stairs for just being a piece of shit. And I wasn't a bully. <laughs> I just had to clarify that. I didn't push anyone down the stairs. Yeah. I just, he's a turd. Yeah, I know. And this issue, Sam basically just takes Chip and tortures him because he is incredibly an incredibly selfish person. Uh, I don't know this. I don't. I don't want to talk about much much about it since it's five issues in. But yeah. he just feels like he deserves to be heard, his opinions, his thoughts mm-hmm. over everyone else, and f- forget what anyone else has mm-hmm. to say. Like he needs to be the center of attention. Yeah. No. Exactly. Uh, Alienated is so great. It's so good. There's only one more issue left, so I definitely please pick it up and trade. I I can't I can't suggest it enough just because it. You know, reading the first issue, I was like, oh, I'm ready to have a great jovial time with these kids and this alien baby. And it it turned into something completely different. It's an emotional ride. It takes you deep into these characters' personas and their emotions and who they are. And I don't know, it's something rare to get out of a comic book where, you know, reading a couple issues in and... And bawling yeah, over no. over characters that like I'm I've just met and the situations and the their lives they've lived. Uh, yeah, it's incredibly powerful book. It's messed up. <laughs> I don't know. I say this about a lot of books, but it has no right being as good as no, it not is. at all, not at all. Like I, especially like the fact that they're teenagers and the fact that I'm just like this is the saddest shit I've ever read and I. Ke- I can't. I can't. It's just, it's really, really good. Uh, yeah. And it makes you think a lot, too. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I this is, like, different than, you know, like, w- WB teen shows. Yeah, because it's actually, like, serious. Yeah. And it's, it's ad. And it's actually, like, I don't know, in its sense, real. Mm-hmm. Like, real things that teenagers go through without being overly dramatized. Right. I don't know. And I do think they, you know, they do a really good job of capturing, like, yeah, these are things that, like, teenagers go through, but these are things that teenagers go through and are too embarrassed to talk mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. I think that's very, very important. Oh, for sure. Okay. Sorry. We just... That book, man. Yeah. All right. Trust. This is Willow. This is a, a, a little Buffy special. So this issue number two, Willow is off off in the world right now. She's on a little vacay in this town. In the town of Abahan? Abhan? Yeah. Abahan? Abhan is how I how I was reading it. Yeah. Um and I don't know. It's uh it seems completely shut off from the world, obviously for a reason. Um when she's there everything feels fine. She doesn't think about Sunnydale and everything that had happened with the Hellmouth and stuff and It seems like a great place. Yeah, but there's... I don't trust good places in these books. Anytime that they're in a good place, I'm like, oh, this is a trap. (laughs) Then all the crows come and you're just like, obviously. Or ravens, whatever the hell those are. I assume they're crows because... Ravens are huge? There's a... Well, I just like saying it's a murder of crows. And that's just... It's just what it is for me. Um, (laughs) But yeah, and then uh, this woman, Althea... Al- Alara. Ilara. Alira. Alira. Ilara. Boiler. 
Um, it's this old witch. <laughs> she kind of she's the one who tells Willow to go there. So I feel like there's some there's definitely something more about her. Yes, for sure. She's trapping Willow in this town of Abham. I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> that's close enough. I think. Yeah. Uh, I that's that there's that no, nothing more yeah. to say other than that. Just it's very straightforward. Yeah, this is just one of those. Also, like if you know these characters and stuff, then it's that's when you'll be interested in it. I don't feel like people outside of the Buffy community. Oh yeah, would I'm, be th- into it. So trying to explain like I don't know everything that's going through Willow's mind might be pointless. <laughs> but that's what happens. She gets stuck in this town. And I guess if you aren't into the Buffy universe, if you like lesbian witches, read it. Willow's the way to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we love a good lesbian witch. We love a good lesbian witch here. Uh, I feel like that town is full of them. <laughs> no, it definitely seems That's, like it. That was the vibe that I got. Uh, you ready? Yeah. Let's talk about Adventure Man. This is issue number three. Um, Mama goes through some stuff in it. I cannot remember her name. Oh my god. The mom. I had I had her name earlier and now I just don't That's my bad. You know I always forget. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. We're just gonna look at this for ten seconds and if you find Claire. Um Claire, yes, boo. Uh so Claire is like gaining adventure man powers yeah she grows like seven inches she gets like her hearing back she has like powerful blood and shit like some some wild stuff is going down in this issue and it's her trying to figure out like what is happening yeah it's uh this book is a lot of fun like it is so much fun and i just every issue i have like such a good time reading it and i'm like i'm ready to see what happens next i love this story i just i love how it splits between like claire's life in real life and then what is happening with her Mm -hmm. and adventure man it's i just love the split i think it's really funny yeah to see especially like when she comes back into her real world and she's doing like weird shit because she was doing stuff in adventure man yeah it's uh yeah it's very interesting i enjoy uh, this a lot i love the the art at the, the art end so good. um where he's explaining like certain characters and stuff and a little bit about them yes that yeah. was great i think it's really funny uh so yeah definitely pick up a man a man man I remember. Adventure Man, especially, I think, especially if you like Matt Fraction's work, I think this is really great, a really great book by him. And the mm-hmm. Dotson art, like, I've said this over and over again, and I will say it again, I really enjoy it here. Yeah. Which is not something I normally can say. Same. Absolutely same. I like his cover stuff. Never really got into inside. His interiors. But this inside is fantastic. Yeah. So. And I, I think it works really well with the story. Yeah, and that's what I was about to say. I don't know if it's because it does fit so well with the story. And I don't know. It just, like, it's not 100%, I feel like, what I'm used to mm-hmm. from, like, the Dodsons. Okay. Mm-hmm. You, you, you get your critical role on. I'm only going to talk about this for a minute um, because it's a, it's a weird... So it's the free comic book day, Critical Role, Vox Machina, Origins. And I kind of don't really know where it goes into play, like, okay. with this story. Um, and it doesn't actually have anything to do with the characters of Critical Role. It's, like, NPCs okay. who are a part of it. Okay. So they're in the tavern, and they're discussing the things that the Vox Machina had done. So it's, like, 
I don't know. It, it's explaining, you know, how they went around and, like, killed monsters and shit like that. Right. And how some people think that they're good and some people think that they're bad. Whatever. The art is incredible for it. I absolutely love it. It's not the same artist who does the art on the actual comics, but I still think it's interesting. Um, and they do actually, like, mention some of the characters, but they're just not key players okay. in it. Um, and this also comes with the prologue for Neil Gaiman's North Mythology oh, comic. Yeah. Um, which, which is also... soon, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure when... But it's a uh, fantastic. I'm very, I'm very excited for Norse mythology. They had canceled this at one point and then resolicited it. Mm-hmm. So when does that come out? I d- yeah, I was just like I felt like it was soon, but I think it was just because I had ordered it on the first solicits and yeah. No, I I feel like it it, it just it says available at your local comic shop. So give us the book. It's gotta be soon. <laughs> I want it. I need it. But yeah, this. <laughs> If you're interested, ask your local comic book. Read. <laughs> ask your local comic book. <laughs> Just find one and ask it. Do you have any copies of you? <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> Do you want to talk about the Empire X-Men? Yeah. And then we can... Okay, I'm going to um, keep it short. I'm not going to give away too much because this is almost done. There's one issue left. I will say this is Empire X-Men. This is issue three of four. Um I just, I love a good X-Men book that's got a solid Nightcrawler in it. I love it. You give me, like, two pages full of Nightcrawler, and I will be okay for, like, a week. Maybe less. Um, And I got, like, two of them this week. Yeah. Yeah, you did. You got double the Nightcrawler this week. I love when that, I feel like that's the only time it happens. I mean, even when we got the giant-sized Nightcrawler, it was, like, in there for a page. Yeah. Well, and because that was when we also had gotten that one issue of X-Men where him and Scott had the conversation. Oh, yeah. So, God, I mean, yeah. like, if I get one issue with Nightcrawler in it, I usually get two. It's just how it works out. So, it's just so old. This keeps up. Um, but basically, they're still in Genosha fighting the uh, zombie mutants. And I'll tell you who loves him the most. Solid and rock hard. Logan. Right? Am yeah, I right? Yeah, we're not wrong. We're not wrong. Okay. We don't need to have this discussion again. <laughs> well, unless we just to. dedicate a whole podcast to it. I think I have enough content to do that. We can do an episode about Kurt Wagner and, and fucking James Howlett fucking. And then both being this isn't, and is this, not, this isn't a fan fiction podcast. This is just be. a straight up podcast. Okay. Um, anyway, sorry. They're on Genosha. <laughs> they are fighting the... Mutant zombies, um, they, I don't know, Magic just got all of the uh, psychics. I was like, what is the Pokemon? Uh, got all the psychics from Krakoa to go to Genosha to help, and that's when Nightcrawler comes in. He's like, give me my sword, mine got, and then goes with like some, some weird like juice gun that he stole from one of the old ladies. I know it's not juice, it's like alien pheromones or something i don't know um but basically magic finds a a weapon of sorts and is revealed Uh, i don't know how to like explain it without giving anything away but it's great if you love (laughs) x-men you should i just think it's a really uh fun 
like little short series. I didn't think that I was like gonna yeah. be into this just based off. I was just like, it's a short X Men series. Like I'll do it, find whatever. But this is stupid and fun. Yeah, I. Uh, you're not the first person I've had tell me that. But like they've had just like a solid time reading. Yeah, it. it's like I was laughing as I was reading it last night because just I don't know. It's just a lot of fun. <laughs> Patrick, you can't say that stuff to me. We're not going to repeat that on the podcast, Patrick. Um, no, we will not. I want to, but we will not. Um, but yeah, no, this gets a... Uh, I'm excited to see what happens in this last issue because I sometimes I feel like I know what's going on with the story and sometimes I don't. I'm just reading it because I'm just like along for the ride. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it should be as fun as it is. That's it. Oh, right. you have, you, yeah, I don't have... I don't have this. I have way more. Um, so this is X-Force. You, you do read this, though, Yeah, right? I read off the wall. Okay. Um, I just have to refresh my memory. I, I had a lot of X-Books this I'm, week. I'm way too poor to buy all of the X-Books, so this is definitely one I just read off the wall and put back. But what happens in this book is... Okay, I'm being refreshed they, now. They have um, the assassins from Russia that they brought back to <laughs> dissect again, which... Dumb fucking idea, because last time it went bad, this time it's going even worse. Yeah, no, this time they're just like, we're gonna replicate. So yeah, they're basically nesting dolls inside of these dead bodies. So there's dead assassins, and then more dead assassins pop out of their bodies and start just running all over Krakoa, because they're, like, why are these mutants so stupid sometimes? It's just like, the last one's exploded, let's bring more. Let's dissect them. Let's find out. I, I think it's the law of probability where it's, you know, like, oh, this happened last time. What are the chances it's going to happen again? I just feel like after this time, th- they should know better. Like, yeah, but let's it's just, just take the assassin murderer dead bodies somewhere else to dissect. Don't bring them to Krakoa to just, like... Yeah, that's true. That's, like, one of my favorite <laughs> Yeah, that scenes. was great. That one, and then... The one at the end where he's just yeah. like drop kicks him into the fucking portal. I love it. Um, I still really love this book. Oh, yeah. No, um, it's probably still one of my favorite X books. Yeah. I've been uh, really enjoying it. Um, I do, however, I miss Wolverine. We get Wolverine next week. I know. I know. But I just, I want him back in here. Uh, I think the other, like, I don't know. There's. The other nice thing I really love about this is just, like, this reminded me of the Cerebro sword, which I had completely forgotten about. Yeah. So, yeah. don't forget, they made a sword out of Cerebro. It's a thing. It's a thing, and it's fucking tight as hell. Also, whenever you see Charles now, I'm just always going to picture Mads Miggleson. Okay, we'll time out real fast so I can say this. So... On Monday night, somebody had made a reference to Mads Mikkelsen playing Xavier, and that's when I decided to tell the whole world that Mads Mikkelsen should play Xavier House and Power style. I have to plug in my computer real fast. We only have one more book, but I don't want to die. Oh, God. It is crucial that you get this computer plugged in because I don't want you to die. Got it? I got it. Okay, so now we're going to talk about our last book, and of course it's an X book. Uh, This is Marauders. This is issue number 11. Um, This is my other solid rock-hard nightcrawler book. Yep. 
Yep. And I, oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. There's no bugs in here. No worries. No. Um, but yes, I absolutely, I love him so much. And I love how much he loves Kate. Yeah. Um, I just, he loves everyone so much. And I just. Uh, so in this issue. Can we talk about this? Yeah. <laughs> in this issue, they, issue, Nightcrawler is continuing to write letters to Kate after she has been gone and telling her everything that's been going on in Krukoa and everything the Marauders have been doing. And they also hold a funeral for Kate. It's a nice little, nice little Viking, <laughs> nice little Viking, Viking funeral. I want a little Viking funeral. Little nice ship man I funeral. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, but we do, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. If you haven't read it yet, please close out. Uh, you do get a resurrection with Kate. I, Heather and I had this conversation earlier, just felt a little rushed. I didn't think we were going to have her back so soon. Yeah, it it was, yeah, it was just the way that it was handled. Like, maybe if we would have gotten, like, a response or whatever on, like, how it was supposed to happen in this one, and then later on Mm -hmm. more stuff happened. But yeah, it just, it, it happened really fast. Like, this, from beginning to end, I was just like, am I missing something? Like, I just feel like it's going yeah. way too fast. And I guess, like, the, I guess also with the break between books, that probably didn't help with, like, COVID. So it's just, like, the idea, like, the the five, right? Right. Have done this at least a hundred times, you know? He's so cute. So it, it has taken them a good chunk of time. It's just, like, within the comic book world that, that wasn't really well represented. So, yeah. Um, I, despite that, I still really enjoyed it. I liked, um, I don't know, what is the drag Lockheed? Yeah. Um, I remember that name. <laughs> um, you get the return of Lockheed as well, and then you get like a bunch of stuff with Emma, mm-hmm. which, again, like I never. I never liked Emma until Uncanny X-Men issues number 11 through 23. Um, but ever ever since then, like every mm-hmm. series that I've read with her in it, I've kind of grown to appreciate her. And in this one particularly, I think that she is, she's a good, I don't want to say she's like a good girl because she's not, but no. she has a soft, a soft spot. Yeah, I think that's like the nice thing about this like House and Powers, the Dawn of X run, like especially with Emma, it's just like she's still Emma, but they give her like actual character. Yeah. Short, like you know, it's I feel like Emma's always just like this sex symbol and just there. Yeah. And I feel like and they always make her like cold. Yeah. And she's not. She's just calculating. Yeah. And I think that's the nice thing about like her in this this series of books is that it does give her like an actual personality beyond just being this cold bitch. Yeah. For lack of a better word. It's just that's what I yeah, I think that's why I like this character more is because it's more developed. You feel closer and it's just they humanized her. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. I I agree 100%. Um I like seeing a, a soft Emma or I guess just like a normal yeah. feeling emotional yeah. Emma. I mean, you can be like cold and calculating, but at the same time, like you still have friends. You still like interact with people in a way that's not just like, you know, 
sh- like cut off. Right. So yeah, that's that's Marauders and Emma Frost. Yes. And featuring Nightcrawler. <laughs> uh. Of course you do. <laughs> Were you gonna say that too? Yeah. We already know Patrick. You we, don't need to rub it in. You are a sex symbol. We are not. We are not worthy of your time. We are lucky that you allowed us onto your podcast. Uh, so, I think that's it. That's Wednesday, right? That's it. That's it. It's November 12th. And we will be coming to you later on Wednesdays. We are working late. That's why it's so late now, and that's why I'm a mess. <laughs> we'll be better next week. It's fine. Uh, but we will be hopefully in the same spot, and we hope to see you soon. We love you. You buy comics. Anything? Anything, Heather? Patrick Cavanaugh is a sex symbol. Is that what you wanted? <laughs> All right. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye.